This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Went Smoke Kings Meadow, the podcast that follows the Chelsea FC women's team. I'm your host Dean and on the show this week we'll be looking forward to the 2021-2022 WSL season, taking a look at the opposition and asking who could potentially take our crown. Uh, joining me as ever for this one is my co-host Jane. Jane, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm glad to be back. Unfortunately, I missed the last one. I hope you didn't miss me too much. We just about got by without you. I'm <laughs> glad you're back. And obviously, we couldn't preview the whole league without some help. So back with us this week is Mia Eriksson. Mia, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Still on vacation from work. So I'm trying to catch my breath. Any bit. side effects from the vaccine today? Yeah, my arm is a bit good. sore. A bit yeah, a bit sore. Yeah. All the best but people I'm got good. a second jab today, myself included. Um, but Mia, as good as Mia is, it's not enough. We needed more help, and we got that in the form of Ben Gilby. Ben, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me back again so soon. It's nice to be with you all again. Well, we're keeping the hot streak going. So, um, <laughs> yeah. But before we get started, uh, Jane, why don't you run through some things the listeners need to know? So, a reminder that our summer series, My Daughter Professional, is available exclusively on our Patreon. Interviews with Steve Cuthbert and Lisa England are live now with more to come. The address for that is www.patreon.com forward slash Meadow. Our weekly newsletter is available for free by heading to wentsmokingsmeadow.substack.com and entering your email address. You'll get a copy of the newsletter in your inbox every Wednesday. We really want to push our Discord this season. There's lots of debates and discussions in there and we'll be posting lots in there during matches, etc. The link for that is in the description of this episode. And we want as many supporters to help find the show. So if you enjoy what you hear today, tag us in a tweet, share it on Instagram. And how about leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcast? Yeah, thank you, Jane. Um, 
So again, before we get started, we was approached by a long-time listener of the Chelsea Fancast in Jordan Bowles to help with a charitable cause. Um, a friend of his runs a foundation called Girls United Football Association, uh, which seeks to provide girls and young women a safe, inclusive space place for sports, as well as an opportunity to develop skills that will open up increased educational and economic opportunities in their lives. They currently have clubs in London and Mexico and are in the midst of a charity drive to try and increase their ability to help more young women. This fundraiser will support the charity to create equal access to sport for girls in Lambeth, Southwark and Lewisham, South East London. All funds raised will go towards their one-for-one programme, which supports players who are in need of financial aid to attend training sessions and play in matches. This is through this programme, teams can have access to play in the suitable facilities, compete in local leagues and have the equipment they need to develop. Every £200 raised allows a girl to play football for the whole year. Right now, if you head to www.crowdfunder.co.uk forward slash girls united hyphen fundraiser, you can donate to the cause and have a chance to get a Chelsea shirt signed by the men's first team squad. Um, the links for everything you need to know about that will be in the description as well. But a good cause if you can support it, please do. Uh, and let's get into it then. Uh, we'll start sort of alphabetically. So we'll start with Arsenal, now managed by Jonas Edeval. They've had quite an interesting summer so far with Manny Iabucci and Nikita Paris. Simone Sorison and Frieda Mayhem coming in, while Jill Ruled, Leone Mayer, Ruby Mace and Daniel van der Donk have gone the other way. Uh, last season, they picked Manchester United to third place, but with a new manager and some changes to the squad. I feel like they could be a bit of an unknown quantity. Uh, Mia, what will Edeval bring to Arsenal? What's his style, ideas of the game? How does his team set up? Uh, anything but Joe Montemuro. <laughs> no. Uh, but I think um, I, I can say this: if you if you want to look at uh, Jonas Edeval's you know style of play, I think I told another person who asked me what game to watch to to be have any clue about it. I think you should watch Rosengård versus Beko Hecken from Damalsvenskan this season. It's the two top teams in Sweden playing each other. He likes to play with the ball. Uh, and I think I, I watched uh, Arsenal playing uh, last weekend. It was right, yeah. Uh, and I think, yeah, you, you can definitely see his influence already. Uh, he's got he's going to teach Arsenal to press high because he wants to play with the ball. Um, and I think it will be will not be like it has been when Chelsea have played them uh, in the last couple of years now. So it'll be interesting, I think. Yeah, they're one of the teams to, to keep an eye on. Uh, Jane, Arsenal got a bit of a similar problem to Chelsea in many ways in trying to fit their attacking players into one team. You know, they've got the likes of Miedemar, Mead, McCabe, Ford, Evans already there. Plus they've added Iabucci and Paris to their squad. Is there a concern that their balance isn't quite right and they're too top-heavy? Um, I think they have got too many attacking players. It will just it will be interesting to see the sort of team they put out and play come that opening game. Obviously, they've played today, and I did actually just look. They have won 4-0 against Tottenham. But obviously, they're full teams, not back. So I think with the sort of... You don't want a team with too many strikers you want a balance in your team yeah I suppose that's 
not our problem anyway, but but Ben, they've lost two huge players in Van der Donk and Jill Rod. Uh, but has their business on the incoming side negated that? Or is their midfield now significantly weaker than it was last season? I think possibly on balance, it, it's slightly weaker. I think the thing for me with Arsenal has always been strength and depth because it was, you know, obviously last year they had an awful lot of injuries, but it does seem quite often that if any players, particularly at the back, are out, then you start getting very quickly an awful lot of kids on the bench. So that, I think that's something that's, that I've kind of noticed a bit over, over time. I mean, I think ultimately it may actually not matter that they potentially are not as strong as last season because I think you're still looking realistically at the same top three. Um, it's just, a, you know, as ever, the matter of what order that top three comes in, I think. Yeah, nice uh, segue there onto what's next is the predictions because I've got a list here, a table. We're going to fill it out as we go. Um, and then at the end, we're going to have our league tables. Uh, I'm predicting Arsenal will finish third again because I don't think they're better than Man City or Chelsea. Uh, but Jane, where are you going to put Arsenal in this league? Um, I'm going to put them fourth again fourth. this season. Ooh, interesting start, Mia. Yeah, I think this is a hard one for me because I want Frida Manum to do well. And I don't think that they're that Ford and Daniel van um, Roard and Daniel van Donk they are replaced with world-class players. Um, here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to explain this before I say this, because I think either Arsenal will going to just smash this season straight on, uh, or they are going to finish out of top three. And this is, yeah, it's a hard one, but I'm going to say that yeah, second, second place. Second we have to place. do it. Yeah, I mean, we have to do it uh, differently. It wouldn't be any fun if we did the same so, thing. All of us. Yeah, Ben, that leaves first place for you. Well, do you know, before Mia said it, I was actually going to say second. Um, because, I, yeah, I'm going to say second. Just simply in terms of comparing the other teams around them, I think. Interesting. We'll see how that... Um pounds out the rest of the league as we go. Uh, moving on to last season's 10th place team in Aston Villa. Uh, they're now managed by Carla Ward and they've had a very busy summer. They've sold Ella Franklin Freitcher, Emma Follis, Amy West, Caroline, Caroline Seams, Danny, Diana Silva, Mana Iabucci, Nadine Hassan, Steen Larson and Asmita Ayo. Uh, but they've added Alicia Lehman, Remy Allen, Sarah Malin, Chantel Boyhalorka, uh, Megan Sargent and Hannah Hampton to their squad. Uh, Jane Collarwood did a fantastic job last year with Birmingham to keep them up in some difficult circumstances. But where can she take this team with so some good investment? Um, I think Collarwood's going to do quite well at Aston Villa. I think she really will help them sort of progress. And I do see them finishing quite high. Not obviously, I don't, not top four, but not in the bottom three. I feel like the investment they've sort of put in to the squad with the likes of like Alicia Lehrman and bringing Hannah Hampton over from Birmingham, I think they are actually going to do quite well. Yeah, I agree with you there with some players that the manager knows, importantly. Uh, Iabucci is going to be a big loss for them, but you know, can they cope without her given who they brought in? 
Uh, I think that uh, bringing Carla Ward into Aston Villa is a, you know, a project, uh, but it is Carla Ward. So I think they they are going to do well. I don't think that they will go up the table, uh, but I can't see anyone, you know, any player that, that is going to carry that team enough to to be any what do you say like surprise um and and to to be honest i mean Stine Lars Larsen I, I don't know i i think she played like a uh, right hand fullback she played on the wing she played striker uh, she's a good player uh, and Eva Bucci also you know world class and i i can't see them no, I can't see anyone replace her. No, it's a fair point. Uh, and last season, only three wins for Aston Villa. Um, but is the overall quality of the team, you know, capable for them to sort of double that and then finish comfortably? Or are they going to have another season where they're struggling, in your opinion? I think they're undoubtedly a better team in depth than they were last last season. Um I think the thing is with teams coming up into the Super League, it's such a massive gulf. It it's better to doing in slow incremental growth, and I think that's what we'll see with them this year. I I'm trying to work out really where how high up to, to put them. I think they're not going to do much better than third or fourth bottom. I think it's probably going to be between them and possibly Brighton for competing for the third or fourth bottom spots it's just I think it will come down to who wins those games between them possibly but I, I can't see them being bottom two so I'll let's go third bottom so 10th place for Aston yeah. Villa yeah okay we'll go back to front to Mia where are you going to put Aston Villa yeah I was also going to say 10th place actually I think but, some collaborations yeah, but gonna, yeah. yeah but if we, we're going to do differently I, I'll say 11th then Jane, where are you placing Carla Ward's um, Aston Villa? I'm going to say seventh. Seventh. Now, because I've done the whole script, I've gone through every team. So I place Aston Villa sixth um, for reasons that we might get onto later um, because there are some terrible teams in the WSL and they've got a good coach. So they only need like six wins all season to finish sixth. It's that simple, really. But let's move on to the team that finished one place below them last season. Um, they were managed by Carl Ward and they're now managed by Scott Booth. That is Burnham City. They brought in Jade Pennock, Louise Quinn, Sarah Hewins, Lucy Quinn, Libby Smith and Cecilia Sandves. I just want to say before that pronunciation is probably going to be terrible because I'm reading it off a phone. Um, so don't shoot me. Um, plus, they've got Emily Ramsey and Lua Robertson on loan. Uh, plenty of outgoings, Heidi Logan, Hannah Hampton, Sarah Mailing, Claudia Walker, Molly Green, Abby Grant, Emmy, Emma Kelly and Sophie Whitehouse all leaving the club. Ben Scott Booth, an interesting appointment really because he's used to being at a club that's challenging for, for titles and in Europe. Were you surprised by him joining Birmingham? Was I surprised him leaving Glasgow City? No. Was I surprised him joining Birmingham? Yes. Um I spoke, actually, I spoke to Scott Booth and also Laura Montgomery at Glasgow City not so long ago. Um, 
and I think, you know, there's no doubt that he's held in massive regards, particularly by Lord Montgomery um, at the club. But I think he'd taken that team as far as they could go. Because, you know, I mean, they've won, I think it's 14. In, I mean, he obviously he hasn't coached into 14 in a row, but he's he's won a good um, chunk of those consecutive Scottish League titles. They're, you know, they're the reigning Scottish Cup holders. He took them to the quarterfinals of the Champions League, which, I mean, crikey for a team of Glasgow City, you know, standing comparatively to reach that, it was phenomenal. So I think I think he realised you know, the time had come to move on. Was it Birmingham? I think possibly maybe puts him in the shop window because I think in one way it's I don't want to be too harsh, but in a way it's a bit of a free hit because there's not really that much pressure on them because I think they're in a very very difficult place for all sorts of reasons um, that most people know of, um, and I think anything other than bottom is a very good season for them. Yeah, I just thought given the, you know, the situation that they had there last year, I think that went on behind the scenes, why you would want to use that as your springboard in the WSL, if that's what he's thinking, but, you know, fair play to him. Jane Key players like Hannah Hampton and Sarah Malin have left, sort of, are you worried for this squad? It's going to be difficult for them, I imagine. Um, I was... I was going to say, like, I was shocked that Hannah Hampton left, but then it sort of came... When I knew she'd left, I sort of was like, right, she's going to go to Villa to be with Carla Ward. But it's it's the players they've got in. They have obviously signed a few players, and I don't think I don't think we should worry too much about them. I still think they are going to do well. And I think with the new manager as well, that's sort of going to help them get to a position where they want to be. Yeah, Mia, I mean, they've made a lot of signings. Could the fact that they've done that be seen as like it's a new squad, a new coach, you know, a new new uh, the script to write? Could that work in their favour? Yeah, it's like you must say the val. <laughs> you know, it could go either very good or or not good. But but my prediction is that Birmingham is gonna get relegated this season. I'm gonna lock them in then. Yeah. Not a fan of the Midlands, second bottom and bottom. Yeah, I would avoid Burnley. I think it, it, yeah, it, it would be very sad to see them go, but can't really see. I think it's going to stand between them and, and West Ham. Ooh, interesting. Uh, Jane, where are you going to put Birmingham? I'm putting Birmingham eighth. Eighth, interesting. So one below Villa again. We're keeping them together. Uh, I put them ninth, uh, fourth from bottom. But Ben, where are you going to place them? You might as well just take me and Mia at the same thing, because exactly what you're saying, exactly the same as I am every time I've got them to well. I think there's a worse team than them, but we'll get to them at the end of the episode. Uh, let's look then at the team that inflicted the only defeat on Chelsea last season. That's Brighton and Hove Albion. They are managed still by Hope Powell. They brought in just two players in Danielle Carter and Renzola Babajidi on loan, uh, but they've lost Kirsty Barton, Jodie Brett, Cecilie Frickestand, Rihanna Jarrett, Nora Heron, Holly Olding, Laura Rafferty, Bethan Rowe, Rebecca Stott, and Eddie Hack. Um, yeah, they seem pretty settled by the lack of signings, but you know a lot of players have left. Um, is that concerning, or will they be looking to sort of maybe break the top five this year? Uh, no, not not the top five. Yeah. I think, but but I think that. What, what they did last season is that you could see that they had a clear idea and a style of play. Uh, if you're going to look at, at the teams below top five, I think they were 
the team that you, you could see how they wanted to play. Um, so I think that, that will be on the positive side for them. Uh, also, they got Emma Koivisto, obviously. Uh, <laughs> she was like, when she joined them uh, after Christmas, I think she was one of their best players. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I think uh, in terms of having, having, you know, a style of play, uh, I think that they below top five is is a team to to count with. They're solid. I mean. Uh, obviously not when they were beaten 7-0 uh, versus Man City, but, <laughs> but still, they beat Chelsea, so. Yeah, the only team to do so. Uh, then they've got players like Maya Letizia, who's been getting attention from bigger clubs. Is perhaps keeping hold of their key players more important than you know, bringing in new players because they are it, settled? It is, but I think it was... A- Good. It was a good bit of business bringing Bamgida in from Liverpool, and she's you know she's shown what a really good player she is, and I think it's a really good, really good move for Brighton. I think, I think I'm right in saying they they um paid a transfer fee for the first time in their history this summer as well. So there's obviously a bit of um, you know, there's a bit of oomph oomph there I think going on. In terms of where they go, I think they're you know they're in that mini league around the bottom of the t- bottom four of the table, and I think it. it you know they will be stubborn against some of the top teams, but it's how they get on in those games against the other three teams, the Midland teams, I guess, that will define their season. I think possibly. Yeah, Jane. The most important question for last is: Will they beat us again? Definitely not. We are not letting any team like that ever beat us again. <laughs> Sounds good. On that note, where are you putting them in the league? Um, I'm going to put them tenth. Tenth. Ben? I'm going ninth. Ninth? I've got them eighth. Mia Chikas ninth. Yeah. I'm going to say seven. Seven. <laughs> yeah, I think around comfortable mid table is Brighton's um, sticking point, given there is a bit more quality above them. Uh, but next up is probably the most interesting team we're going to talk about this season in Everton. Uh, they finished fifth last season. They're managed by Woody Kirk. And they've had quite the summer, bringing in Kenza Dali, Tony Duggan, Anna Anvergaard, Nathalie Bourne, Leonie Meyer, Courtney Brosnan and Aurora Gali. Uh, outgoings Ingrid Moe Ward, Chantel Boyhalorka, Georgia Brougham, Maeva Clemeron, uh, Tinja Rika Cordipa, Molly Pike, Hannah Cohen, Anna Pedersen, Abby Lee Stringer and Elise Hughes. Uh, Jane, have they won the transfer window? It's quite a list, isn't it? They have made some brilliant signings to have like the likes of Tony Duggan and I think Kenzie Daly as well going to Everton. That's going to be a good move for her. Um, I think they are sort of the team to maybe watch out for. Yeah, Mia, I suppose it would be stupid not to ask you about the Swedes. So what are they going to bring to Everton? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. If you watched uh, Sweden versus the US first game, Natalie Björn playing centre-back for Sweden. Uh, Magda did not play centre-back for Sweden when uh, Natalie Björn was uh, on the team sheet. So I think that's quite telling. Um, I would have hoped to see her in Chelsea because I think that's, you know, she's a world-class centre-back. Um, but 
unfortunately, unfortunately, she's gonna go to Merseyside, and I, I just thought about it today because the last game Chelsea played versus Everton um, was the FA Cup, right? Yeah. That game, yeah. I think the the problem for Everton was the you know uh, the defense and and the center back positions. So I think Natalie Bjorn will definitely add to that. She's like Magda, uh, great in the build-up, but she is also a really good defender. And and I think she showed versus Canada that she's great at positioning her, herself where she needs to be to, to defend uh, best. Uh, I think if we, we're going to watch at some differences between uh, her and Magda, I think she's, she likes to play the ball uh, along the ground breaking lines that that's her strength um and anna anvegård yeah i can tell you that anna anvegård she has played for rosengård two seasons before that she played for a bottom team in sweden in in, in the swedish top flight damalsvenskan but she was brought up from two divisions lower straight up to damalsvenskan and she was the golden boot scorer for two years, her, her two first years uh, in the Swedish league. Uh, she is the most spectacular striker Sweden has. Uh, she is, I, th- I think she's a little bit uh, quite like Beth England because she can, she can really hold the ball in, in tight spaces and and turns, she's not, she's no Stina Blackstenius. Stina Blackstenius is, is a, I don't know what to say, but, but I think she's a plain striker. She, she, uh, if she comes running towards the goal uh, and gets the ball, she'll score. But Anna Anvegård, she can receive the ball with her back turned to the goal. And then it, she just scores. She, she scored a brilliant goal when Sweden met Iceland uh, last autumn I think or spring not sure uh, when they played uh, in Iceland uh, in Reykjavik uh, and s- she is a great striker but she's been unlucky with injuries this season uh, she had a concussion and she ha- has had a knee problems uh, but I think she will she will add uh, something to Everton that they haven't had before. So, if someone was to ask you who's got the best Swedish centre back in the league, is the answer Chelsea or is the answer Everton? Um, I think actually, I thought about this the other day because I think that something is. I'm going to be honest. I think I think that Magda had to play a greater part being a leader for Chelsea last season than she had um, the chance to develop herself. Uh, that is why, part of why this happened, that, that she, did, she might, didn't play the centre-back for Sweden in the Olympics. Uh, the gap between her and Natalie Björn has closed. So I'm going to say it like that. Okay, very diplomatic there. Um, I'm a Swede. I'm a Swede. We are yeah. diplomatic. Swede first. 
Um, then, given sort of what Mia said and the list of players that Everton have, have signed, you know, is it realistic for them to break into that top three now? Um, if you'd asked me that yesterday, I would have said yes, definitely. Um, I'll come on to why I possibly change my mind in a second. Um, I have, I do follow the Dam Al Svenskan quite closely. So I think those two players, Bjorn and Amber Gord, are fantastic signings, absolutely brilliant. Um, what I will say is yesterday I've heard a very strong whisper from a very normally reliable source that Everton are quite likely to lose a major player over the coming days, possibly coming week, which may impact things possibly. Um, if they can keep that player, I can see them pushing hard for third. If not, I would imagine they'll probably go fourth. Okay. If we take it as the squad now, so listeners will understand that yep. that transfer hasn't happened or might not no. happen, where are you going to place them in the league? Okay, so if that player stays, they're going to be third. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match... And they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month. And you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. It's going to be interesting come the end of the episode with some of these selections. I've got them fourth still. Uh, Jane, where are you going to put them? I'd actually put them third as well. Third. Um, Mia? Yeah, I mean, I said the second for Arsenal, uh, and I think that means, if I'm going to stick with that, because I also know what player Ben is talking about, um, I'm going to say fourth. I know that they aim uh, to get to top three, but bringing in, in so many new players because they have more new players than Arsenal uh, and and are not as experienced. Uh, so I'm going to say fourth. Fourth for me, yeah. Same as same as me there. Um, top fours are taking shape. 
probably going to go back down to the other end of the table now when we look at the new kids on the block, Leicester City, uh, promoted after winning the championship last season. They brought in Jessica Segworth, Gemma Perfield, Georgia Broham, Abby Grant, Molly Pike, Abby McManus, ahead of their first season in WSL. And they've let Remy Allen, Charlotte Fleming, Millie Farrow, Olivia Ferguson, Grace Rigler, Libby Smith and Leah Cataldo, Holly Morgan, Freya Thomas and Amy Everett leave the club. Uh, Jane, can Leicester stay up? Um, the way I've sort of put who I, like how I think the league's going to end, I have put them as staying up. So I think they've still got a good chance. Yeah, Mia, we saw sort of Bristol City go down last season and they had sort of a superstar in the making in Ebony Salmon. This squad doesn't really have a player like that. Um, but is that necessarily a concern because they are a, a team moving in the right direction as a club, you know, and they've won the championship, so their confidence is very high? I, I can't remember who they played when I watched them uh, after they had been promoted. It, it was done. It was a cup game, I think. Was it Manchester United? Yeah, they did play United last season. Yeah, it could, it could be. Um, but I think... I think they're they are gonna do uh, better than Bristol City. Uh, I, I think that my my um, guess for them is uh, number nine. Well, this is why I've got the table set up. So we'll come back to that at the end. Yeah. But, um, then I mean, we've seen Leicester City make significant investments into their women's team. Um, so is it going to be better for WSL if? You know, a team like them stay up over someone like Birmingham City, who have pretty much ignored their women's team for, for a long period of time. You know, you've got Birmingham relegated, so I'm guessing you're on board with this idea. Um, I'm not necessarily saying Birmingham are going to go down because they deserve it in terms of how they've treated their women's team. I'm just looking at it in terms of, sort of strength of players. I think it's no bad thing that they haven't got an out-and-out star like Bristol City had because effectively... With them, it was, you know, if you shut Ebony down, then that was it, basically, because defensively they, they couldn't handle it. I think they've got some very clever signings. They made some very clever signings for a newly promoted team. And I think that they've got, you know, they've got good, I wouldn't say they've got great Super League players, but they've got good Super League players in different parts of the pitch, which I think for a first season is probably enough. Yeah, where where are they going to fit into your table? Uh, I'm going to go eleventh, but I think there'll be I think there'll be some distance between them and Birmingham. Yeah, so Mia, you said ninth, but you've already got Brighton in there, um, so oh, that's, that's sorry. taken. Sorry, so, I, I can't even remember. Now so they go in tenth or eighth? Yeah, number ten then. Number ten. Yeah, I've got them second bottom as well. Um, eleventh, Jane, you've got a few spaces left at the bottom here. Um, I'm 11th for Leicester. Yeah, I think there's a couple of teams in the WSL already that are, are really bad. Um, I don't know if it'll be a bit of a baptism for them coming up. I think they should be safe, considering who I put last. Uh, but let's probably switch that to the top of the table again. When we look at Manchester City, last season's runners-up. Uh, managed by Gareth Tegler, they've added Ruby Mace, Kahija Saw. Uh, and Vicky Laceda to their squad. And they've let go of Rose Lavelle, Sam Mewis, Megan Campbell, Aoife Mannion, Tyler Toland and Lee Gyun Min. Then they've lost their American players in Lavelle and Mewis. On the other hand, on the other hand, sorry, 
They've signed three very, very good players. So it should be a given that they'll be there or thereabouts come May, shouldn't it? It should be. I mean, I, I'm still not completely convinced by Gareth Taylor. There was, you know, some very interesting um, positional placings of certain players last season. Um, you know, they had a sticky start and they came on strong at the end. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I think they're either going to, they're going to either absolutely smash it and be pushing for first, or they're going to find it tough, you know, up against the sort of the new, the sort of new Everton and possibly some of the other teams popping up. So I'm, yeah, I'm a bit on the fence with them actually. Yeah, Mia, we saw sort of firsthand last season the quality of Vicky Lasada. What impact is she going to have on, on Manchester City? Experience, I think. Um, I think, I'm, I'm, I think that the Americans they went to the WSL for the wrong reasons. Um, so the arguments about yeah experience, but both Lavelle and and Muse had experience. They are World Cup winners and blah blah blah. I I I just think that they went here for the wrong reasons, uh, and that's why they couldn't bring the experience that I think that Vicky Lozada will uh, will uh, provide. But I will just say that it also depends if if Manchester City will will keep uh, Abidal Kemper. Um, because if, if they don't, they're going to have, yeah, it's going to be a bit thin uh, at the back. Yeah, Jane, hypothetically speaking, if Chelsea focused on the Champions League and sort of put the WSL on a back burner, you'd put City in pole position to win the league, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think if Chelsea was to focus more on the Champions League, City would sort of have that potential to win. But I'm hoping they don't win and that we're going to focus evenly on everything so we can still win. Having said that, where are you going to place them? Um, I have placed them second. Second. So they're still up there, but second. Okay. Uh, Mia, your spot's... I'm guessing a first or third. Um, which one yeah. are they taking? <laughs> I, I think this is the hardest uh, choice uh, out of every choice I, I'm going to make <laughs> this evening. Um, I think that Manchester City developed much more over the season, last season, than Chelsea did. The gap between them, it was none. Uh, and Chelsea were a bit lucky to get away with that draw uh, at the end of the season. But I also think that Chloe Kelly were, was their, um, their playmaker uh, and made things happen uh, up front. So I want to believe that Chelsea is going to win the WSL, because I think they will struggle in the Champions League. Uh, so I'm going to put Manchester City third. Interesting choice. Ben, where are you placing Man City? Yeah, I mean, I think they, they are one of three teams, I think, that are sort of wound up 
with the whole Everton departure thing in terms of where these players might, uh, teams might finish up. Um, I think, like me, I think Chelsea don't have the defensive um, depth to go much further in the Champions League than they did last year until, I mean, hopefully there'll be signings, you know, there's still time to make those signings, but for me, defensive is still a big issue in terms of strength and depth at the top, top level. I think the Chelsea defence is good enough to cope with the best of the WSL, but not the best in Europe. The best of the best in Europe, I should say, to emphasise that. Um, Manchester City, oh, God. I don't know. Fourth? Fourth. So, um, you know, probably the least Chelsea fan then, because I put Manchester City first, um, and that's because I think there's going to start to become pressure on Emma Hayes to, to win the Champions League because she signed Pelilla Harder for, for a lot of money. She signed Lauren James for money. There's possibly more signings for money. Uh, and they're going to want returns on those investments um, in Europe, just as they did with the men's team. That's how Chelsea roll. Um, I know she signed you know, an ongoing contract, but you know eventually there's going to come a point where they're going to say, um, excuse me, um, we want to win the Champions League now. Uh, and that's going to be soon. So I think they're going to focus heavily on that. And Man City have got someone I think is going to score a lot of goals in, in Shaw and a midfielder that's going to give them something extra in midfield. Um, but yeah, obviously we've not gone with Chelsea in this prediction because we're going to do that separately. So um, everyone's going to have a space in their league table. Um, and that will obviously be where Chelsea finish. Uh, but let's move on from Manchester City to their near neighbours, Manchester United, now managed by former Orlando Pride coach Mark Skinner. They brought in Vilda Boerisa, Hannah Blundell, Sophie Bagley, Aoife Mannion, Martha Thomas, whilst Jessica Segworth, Jane Ross, Kristen Press, Toman Heath, Amy Turner, Lauren James, Abby McManus and Megan Hornby have all left the club. At Mir, it seemed United were in a bit of a mess when Casey Stoney left. Nobody seemed to know what was going on. Um, everything outside of the football pitch was wrong. Have they rescued things with the new coach and their new signings? Is there optimism now around them? Yeah, I think so, because I think the one that uh, have signed with Manchester United really wants to be Manchester United players. Um, I mean, I know Wilde Barisa <laughs> uh, really wants to be a Manchester United player, and I think that's... Uh, uh, that's the kind of players that they need to sign you know, that wants to play with the crest uh, of Manchester United on, on their chests. Um, so, yeah, in terms of that, I think they are back on track, but not fully, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, once she hits the gym, she'll be a great WSL player. Don't, don't respond, don't don't respond this, Mia. Don't get me started on that one. <laughs> uh, ben, they've lost sort of three really important attacking players in Heath, Press and James. Have they got enough to keep up with the likes of City, Arsenal, Chelsea? Get by the league tables, I'm going to say no. Transfer window isn't closed yet, thing. Um, have they got a stronger squad than last season? No. Um, have they got a similar quality, similarly good team to last season at this present time? No. Um and, but as I say, there is still time for several, one, two, three players to come in still. So, but 
I think it's, if you compare them with the teams that we've already said that are likely to be going for top four, I think you can probably argue that they're probably slightly below that for this season. Yeah. Well, what I'll do is we'll do our league table now and then on like the 2nd of September, I'll let people make some changes when we see the transfers play out. Um, so, for example, I've got them fifth. Uh, Jane, where are you going to put Manchester United? Um, I've put them. I've put them fifth, actually. Yeah, I think this might be a common answer. Mia. Yeah, same. Full house. Yeah, I was going to say, don't say first, please. Right, that puts Manchester United in fifth. I'm sure their fans will be delighted with that. Um, let's move on then to Reading last season's seventh place side managed by Kelly Chambers. They brought in Natasha Dowie, Gemma Evans, Faye Bryson, Chloe Peplow and Deanna Rose. Uh, but they've had no outgoings as of yet, uh, according to what I looked at. So, Jane, a pretty settled squad and they've been able to add to it. What can Reading achieve this season? Because they you know, caused problems for a lot of teams, probably Chelsea aside last season. Um, I think Reading are going to do quite well this season. They did play, I did watch a few of their games and they did play quite well. And I think where they've had no outgoings, their squad is still so like strongly together just because they've been playing all this time together. It's going to help them achieve higher up in the table. Yeah, I mean, I say no outgoings. Obviously, they've not got Josh Fishlock anymore. High loan's finished. Um, how big will that, you know, that be for them? Daniel Carter left Reading also, yeah. right? and Farrah Williams is gone, yeah. retired. Okay, my list is wrong. Um, but Yeah, so they've lost two players. <laughs> Quite yeah. big players for them. Yeah, yeah exactly. But I, but I still think that Reading uh, is similar to Brighton. They will. They are a stable uh, WSL team, I think. Uh, not uh, if if we don't look at uh, Frank Kirby's hat trick scoring four goals, perhaps. Uh, I I think they they uh, always yeah put put on good resilience <laughs> to not be outplayed, um, just like Brighton. Yeah, uh, Ben, I suppose Reading have got sort of good investment, perhaps not the capability you know, to try and push and challenge higher up the league. Are they destined to be a, a filler team that make up the numbers and make them up well? Yeah, and I think, you know, you said Fishlock and Williams are massive losses for them. Um, Tash Dow is an interesting signing. She, um, I saw her a lot in the W League over the last couple of years of Melbourne Victory, and she was very, very good. Um, but... That being said, she's approaching the sort of the autumn of her career, shall we say. Um, and there is a big gap, obviously, between playing for Melbourne Victory in the dub and playing in the WSL Reading. But then, of course, we've seen what Deanna Rose can do over the last couple of weeks. She's she was been fantastic for Canada. So that I think that may be a player that possibly slips under the radar of a couple of bigger teams because I think she could be a really, really good player. But I still don't think they're going to pop into the top half of the table simply because those players that they brought in don't, you know, don't necessarily replicate the quality of the teams that are likely to finish above them. Yeah, having said that, so they are they higher or lower than Brighton in seventh? 
I've got, oh, I thought I had Brighton in ninth. I've got Brighton ninth, and I've put Reading for seventh. Oh, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong table. So, yeah, Mia, where do they go for you? I still have number eight, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I've got them seventh, same as last season. Jane, where are they going in your table? I've put them as sixth. Sixth, interesting. I think there's potential there. I think you only need to win like seven games to finish sixth, so they could do it. Uh, so we're down to the last two teams in this episode. The first of those is Tottenham Hotspur. They finished eighth last season, managed by Rianne Skinner. Uh, they've had quite a busy transfer window. They brought in Ch- uh, Cho So-hyun, Maeve Claremeron, Tinja Rika Korlipa, Molly Bartrip, Gracie Pierce, Shimoa Uber-Gagu and Masita Ayle. Kaya Simon and Tiang Jali, who's joined on loan. Uh, going the other way are Rihanna Dean, Alana Kennedy, Gemma Davison, Anna Fidley, Hannah Godfrey, Lucia Leon, Aurora Michelson, Chloe Peplo, Lucy Quinn, Siri Worm, and Alicia Suloa. Uh, Jane, that's a lot of changes to the squad. Should that be seen as positive or negative? Um, I don't know. Like, I think personally, I would say it's negative just because you've pretty much lost majority of like their starting 11 and then to bring in sort of a complete new squad obviously they've got the time to adapt and everything but I think it's too many changes yeah then they survived last season by being you know just a little bit better than the teams worse than them uh are they in trouble this year or do you think it's going to be a similar situation I think, for them? I think it's same again I think the signing of Kaya Simon yesterday was absolutely fantastic you know, I've seen her play regularly since 2010. She's not a goal scorer, but I think we've all seen at the Olympics what she can do creatively and particularly down that right-hand side of the pitch. Um, the issue potentially, though, is that while she's a very good creative player, I don't really see a striker that she can consistently provide for, which is a problem. Um, I think it's a shame that we never saw Alana Kennedy play in her best position. She was played out of position for the entirety of last season, which was doing everyone's head in in Australia. It was bizarre. Yes, she is. Yes, she can play midfield. Yes, she can play midfield quite well, but she is a central defender. And that was very strange, a very strange decision, particularly bearing in mind Tottenham's um, numbers of goals that they were conceding. So, yeah, I, I kind of think, are they, are they capable of, beating the teams that I've already said will be in the bottom four, I think probably just about. Yeah, Mia, if you look at the two lists of incomings and then outgoings, would you say the squad level has upgraded, downgraded or stayed the same? And I preface that by saying that your bottom five positions of the league are filled out already. I I think... There are so many similar um, challenges for the team, uh, the teams at the bottom of the WSL table. But I think that Tottenham is, I'm going to say it like this. I, I think Tottenham is a club that should play the WSL. Um, so I think, or I hope that they will improve. So, having said that, are they going to finish sixth or seventh? Or first? Yeah, it's West Ham, Tottenham. 
I'm going to say seventh because I have West Ham as my surprise team. That's interesting. We'll see yeah. about that in a minute. Uh, ben, if I've been writing this down correctly, they've got sixth or eighth in your league table. Got them at eighth for me. Eighth, yeah. Uh, Jane, ninth or twelfth or first? Ninth. Ninth. Well, I've got them tenth. Uh, I think they've let go of some some good players that they used last season, and I don't know if they've particularly upgraded that a lot. But I think they should be strong enough still as they were last season. Uh, and that means, lastly, um, which is a common theme for me, is West Ham United, uh, managed by Oli Harder. They brought in Tamika Yallop, Zanetta Wynn, Claudia Walker, Melissa Phyllis, Abby Lee Stringer, Lucy Parker and Anna Leet. Uh, they let go of Courtney Brosnan, Kenza Dali, Emily Van Egmond, Liana Kieran, Cecilie Reddish, Martha Thomas, Laura Vetterline, Alicia Lehman and Cho Ho. Cho So Hyun, sorry, put my teeth back in. Uh, ben, when Oli Harder came in, I thought West Ham had a bit of a bright future, but they only won three games last season. Uh, you're expecting some good things from them this year, I, I can see. I think from, I saw quite a lot of them last season, and I think they were a team that on paper were far better than the results they got, and also were far be- potentially far better than most of the consistent performances they put in. Um, I think the signing of Tamika Yellup is a really clever signing. Meeks is a fantastic player who has just been, she gives it everything and she's more than good enough to play WSL. She's, I think she's better than the players that they've, they've lost. I think she's going to offer a heck of a lot, um, both attacking wise and also potentially defensive. I mean, I thought she was she arguably she was the best Australian player in the Olympics. I mean, if you overlook, okay, obviously there's there's Ellie Carpenter and you know there's Sammy scoring the goals, but Tamika Yalep was just fantastic for me. And yeah, she deserves this. And I think Mackenzie Arnold had a bit of a tough time at the top level, but she's yes, she's capable of making the odd era now and again, but she's also a very very good shot stopper. So I think they've got players that people might not necessarily know very well and may not necessarily see as headline players. But if they can somehow have a better link between them, which wasn't so much their last season, they've, they're capable of giving it a very good bash this year. Yeah, Mia, the question I was going to ask was whether West Ham are in big trouble. Um, looking at your table, the answer is obviously no. Uh what do you know that, that me and Jane obviously don't? Yeah, I, I think Ben <laughs> is spot on with that. I think that they had uh, last season a much uh, better team on paper than they showed uh, in real life. Uh, and I think, I mean, watching the Olympics, I think that they might have done one... Uh, one of the signings of the season. Um, so I, I think that West Ham is going to get their shit together and perform better, way better this season than last season. Yeah, Jane, I'm guessing your thoughts on West Ham are similar to mine. They've let go of you know some good players and I don't rate Oli Harder anymore than 
sort of, I sort of thought I did. Um, yeah, what, what's your reasoning for them being 12th in your table? Um, I have to agree with Mia and Ben when they say they're like a good team on paper, but they just haven't been able to get the results. Um, I can't even give you a very good reason why they're 12th. I just had everybody else I sort of slotted elsewhere and that was the last slot. But I feel like they have lost some huge players like I was shocked last season when Alicia Lemon went out on loan because I just thought they were sort of like slowly coming back and then they send all these players out on loan so it doesn't surprise me actually that they've lost so many yeah I suppose they're the the other the surprise package where they're going to play on the grass or they're going to be playing on paper still and they're going to be terrible uh we'll see come May who's right and who's wrong if you were going to bet, I'd probably back Ben and Mia on this rather than myself and Jane, but there it is. Um, yeah, that's the tables filled out then. Uh, I'll start with mine. It's Manchester City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Everton, Man United, Aston Villa, Reading, Brighton, Birmingham, Spurs, Leicester and West Ham. Uh, Jane's will be Chelsea, Man City, Everton, Arsenal, Man United, Reading, Aston Villa, Birmingham, Spurs, Brighton, Leicester, West Ham. Mears will be Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City, Everton, Man United, West Ham, Spurs, Reading, Brighton, Leicester, Aston Villa and Birmingham. Mia really doesn't like the Midlands. Uh, ben has got Chelsea, Arsenal, Everton, Man City, Man United, West Ham, Reading, Spurs, Brighton, Aston Villa, Leicester and Birmingham. Also, Ben, not a huge fan of the Midlands. Um, no holidays planned, I'm hoping, in that area of the world. Um. Hoping that, I don't mind going to Villa Park for the other way game. It's a good stadium to go to. Wear a hat, big glasses, just in case um, one of their fans watches YouTube. Uh, I try to talk, probably I'll pick a team from each person's league. Uh, so Ben, I'm going to go back to Man City. Fourth mm. place in your league table. Given you know, the quality they've got and they've added... Is there a lot expected of Arsenal and Everton, given sort of new players, new coaches? Do you think I, they're going to upset them? This, for me, there's three teams that can potentially swap places for me once the transfer windows close, and those three teams are Everton, Man City, Manchester United, simply because of the potential news that came out yesterday. So I think that's something that I would need to come back to once the transfer window closes. Okay, that, that's fair. Uh, Mia, I, I want to go back to West Ham because I know we just spoke about them, but sixth place, really? Yeah. The, the, I, I mean, obviously... Realistically, I, I would, I, I could say that uh, as you uh, said that Manchester City is going to win the league and, and you know, but if you support a team, you want them to win and you want to believe that they're going to make it because you know they have, you know, they have the quality to do so. And that's why I think that West Ham is going to do better than last season. That's a fair point. I'll put Chelsea second if they do come second. I'm not disappointed. I can say I expected it all along and hold the tears back. Uh, Jane, let's talk about Everton then. Um, we've got them third 
in yours and Ben's leagues. Myself and Mira have got them fourth. I'm quite excited to actually watch them, which is weird to say as a Chelsea fan. But are you looking forward to seeing what they can do? I am looking forward to seeing what they can do. I'm also sort of scared at the same time of what is going to happen like when we play them. But I do think they are contestants of even maybe coming second. Who knows what could happen, really? Yeah, it's going to be yeah a fun season. The quality is getting better and better, which is good. Obviously, hard to to place these teams without the transfer window ending. So we might come back to them if I remember. Um, if I don't, then tough. If that move happens, you're you're buggered. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Who's getting Champions League? Who's getting relegated? Who's the surprise package? Is it West Ham or is it Aston Villa? Uh, what side are you on? Um, yeah, but that is all we've got time for this week for exclusive content. Don't forget to join us on Patreon. Uh, but until next time, Chelsea fans from Kings Meadow to Wembley, keep that blue flag flying. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.